0: Welcome back, or welcome to the Charge to 100 podcast, where we can come to learn how to learn from our failures and successes to become our 100 self. I am your host, Colton Blomberg, a professional poker player, recreational golfer, and an avid smiler. Alongside me is Lloyd Evans, a cybersecurity professional. I'll leave the second one open for Lloyd and a lifelong friend. Good evening, Lloyd. Uh, Welcome to season two.
1: Good evening, Colton. I've recently discovered Quest peanut butter cups. They're incredible. And let's (laughs) remind the audience that we make nothing off of this podcast. We have no sponsors. (laughs) I I genuinely like these. That's my second thing, as I'm sticking with it.
0: All right, we'll, uh, we'll work on that partnership in the upcoming episodes. For this series, we are going through meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Marcus ruled as a Roman Empire between 121 and 180 A.D., and wrote down his private reflections on philosophy, stressing the search for inner peace in a chaotic world. Today, we're diving into books five and six.
1: I'll start us off with number nine, book five. Do not be disgusted, discouraged, or dissatisfied if you do not succeed at everything according to the right principles. But when you have failed, returned again, be content if the greater part of what you do is consistent with The man's nature and love this to which you return it kind of says like do not return to philosophy as if you were a master but act like those who have sore eyes and apply a bit of sponge and egg as <laughs> it applies to plaster <laughs> drench it with water i'm pretty sure that means like don't return to philosophy as like this otherworldly teacher but like return to it is like a bit of like a healing thing is the best that i can interpret it i don't know if your book says anything different
0: yeah mine also says the sponge and egg reference If days, it seems like you're saying like, if days aren't like holy or like living up to the standard that you think that each day should live up to, like, that's okay. That's not (laughs) the end of the world. It's kind of, life's a lot about ebbs and flows, not to assume that you just have everything figured out, you know, if you're like struggling in certain parts and you like look to philosophy, but you've done a lot of philosophy in the past, you know, you're still a student nonetheless of a full, like, I guess, philosophy or Stoicism possibly or of life. So not to get like too caught up in it and just like uh write yourself off <laughs> because you've like had a bad day or something of the sorts. It's, that's my interpretation.
1: I'm gonna take that and like combine it with like a few other passages too that we've kind of gone through. And there's a lot of this book five that's um like he, re- he refers to man's nature of like it's kind of like our calling or like the way that we phrased it is kind of like that trite phrase of like, he almost comes across as like being like, Oh, just like be yourself. But there's like a lot of nuance that he's saying that I think it's really lost in like the whole, like be yourself statement. But like his main concept is it's our calling to be the most fulfilled version of whatever we have internally. And we hear that phrase a lot, I think, in like a lot of different contexts and like philosophy, like self-improvement, Like leadership, you know, if you ever like, like hitting a rough patch dating wise, you know, you're sure you've probably heard like you just need to go out there and be yourself. The part that's seated in truth there it's almost like a skill expression of like being like who you are and like finding out who you are there's like a lot of pain and difficulty that like normally comes into that journey like never really ends It's kind of like a lifelong journey that you go through and be yourself does that whole real part of it like a total disservice it it comes across as like oh you need to be yourself like as you are now it's almost like oh you just need to go out there yourself as who you are. Don't change any of your flaws and except for like whoever comes along that's willing to settle for you almost. And I don't think that that's anyone's dream picture of what they want their life to be, at least in like a dating context. And what Marcus Aurelius seems to get across here is like, there's this journey that you're kind of called to take as like a a man or a woman or like whoever, which is, you know, finding out that person that's inside of you that is kind of like maxing out you know like whatever your potential is what that is is like for you to find right like it it, it kind of goes into this whole like everything is natural it's like neither good or evil or it's like whatever is inside you like isn't something to be you know maybe like ashamed of like of what inside if what is inside you is super different from your family. Like you don't need to sacrifice that to like conform to, you know, your family or like whatever social situation you're in. And I think that that's like where people's main issue comes in is like, we do that all the time. It's like betray that kind of ideal version of who we could be to conform with like a certain group that we didn't even choose. We just grew up with, and that like ingrained and became natural. Or you know, you maybe have a, a family that's not the greatest or like not aligned with like who you want to be. And letting go of those relationships or like making those relationships work in like an intentional frame can be super super difficult work that be yourself just does a disservice to.
0: So the the phrase "be yourself" like it's so annoying because it it asks a very difficult question to answer which is like who is yourself when you ask that question it like it's a very bind it's like it's asking a very binary question like oh like are you this are you this are you this but that's not the case like usually humans and situations and just like growing up throughout life is just very dynamic and there's like so many nuances and intricacies to people you can't really dive into on a surface level i think you could like whoever made that phrase or use it even like you could probably give them the benefit of the doubt because I think they're just like saying you shouldn't be artificial or like do things that you wouldn't normally do but I I don't think most people do that I think maybe some people in like social settings if they aren't confident in who they are and I'm not saying in like whatever they're trying to portray but just confident in who they are in general there's a chance that they like overdo it in certain senses but I think everybody does that like there's certain circles or friend groups or work colleague groups that like you're more active or you're more outgoing in this one group, but you might be more quiet in this other group. And it's not because you're becoming a different person. You're becoming a different version of yourself, but that's just like what you're accustomed to and used to. So just because like maybe you act a little bit different or you say things that you normally wouldn't say with another group, it's not really that you're being somebody else. You're being a different version of yourself with the social company that you're with. It's probably bad once you get to Like you're forcing yourself to act one way that's like clearly not how you normally would act. That's probably like where the phrase like be yourself could come into play and actually like be beneficial to whoever you're talking to. But I think overall, it's just a very overarching stance that is unnecessary and it's super hard to define. It's probably a good thing to like analyze who you are about yourself. Like I think most people don't do that in like a lot of spots. I, I want to compare it to like watching like game film for like a football game. Like if you're like you, you play a, or like any sport, like let's just say like, you know, the Arizona Cardinals like play a game on Sunday. Right. And then they played the game and then throughout the week, they looked at the game film and see what they need to improve upon. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, Hey,
1: here's the things that we could have done different. You know, we have an upcoming game where we have a shot at this again. Let's like improve on those things with the ultimate goal of our long-term goals of like, Hey, maybe we want to just make playoffs. Maybe we're like in the hunt for a super bowl. And yet humans they'll be like oh that was a terrible game we should postpone the next game as long as humanly possible you know like it's like,
0: <laughs> you, like you, go on a ba- you go on a bad date and you're like all right never doing that again and yeah, it's like exactly. whoa it's like no no you should definitely go on another date or at least like put yourself out there but it's like instead of postponing maybe uh maybe look at a game film and see where it went wrong or yeah, see if yeah. the execution so like, of choosing the opponent went wrong
1: the, like context there you know like hey if you have a bad date you know but maybe you maybe give yourself i don't know however long to, if you need a couple of days to bounce back you know, maybe just have a fun night or like a week you know like maybe it's a little bit longer like depending on who you want but like you know, take that time you need and then you know kind of i don't know, reflect a bit like were there did you come on too strong maybe just you spill your whole life story in you know five minutes including all like the gory details you know like that are there some things that maybe like didn't set you up to be like an optimal conversation partner for a first date, and then maybe work a little, like a couple steps from there for the next one that you're, you know, working on setting up here pretty shortly. Like that's that's like a like a healthy response to it. And then the second one, and I think that this is a trap that uh, is way too easy to fall into, is when a team is looking at game film for the most part they're analyzing their play. Like, you wouldn't spend, like, the entire week analyzing the enemy's team or the opponent team's plays and then only spending on what they did right or wrong and, like, focusing nothing on your internal team. And yet that's what people do for the most, like... They'll talk for weeks about, like, this, like, super good day or, like, this super shitty day, like, everything about the other person to, like, ignore anything about themselves and just never improve. And there's just kind of no introspection there. I think that I think that's a common thing that we could all fall into.
0: Yeah, it's like if you if the day goes well, it's it's like cuz you were the one providing to like for it to go well and then if it went bad, it was like all on them. Like it's like oh, this person just like didn't do anything or whatever you want to say. And like you could say that of just about really like any interaction really. But it sort of ties back to like, you know, you're in control of only like one person. <laughs> and so like you can be upset or frustrated other people and stuff, but you you still are only in control of your own actions and feelings and emotions and thoughts and whatever else, you know, if things aren't going how you want to do, you kind of have to do the inward look as opposed to the outward look, because uh, it probably is because of you and yourself.
1: And that kind of leads into, um, at one point too, he touches on number 16, consider your, your habitual thoughts. And then those determine like the character of your mind for the soul is dyed by the thoughts. And then he says like, diet then with a continuous series of thoughts such as these he goes into like for instance like where a man can live there he can also live well and it didn't like just apply to a man i think that can like apply to anyone or like you know where someone can live someone can live well i think a lot of people live on habit and routine that they didn't intentionally create it was just like through environment or like you know how they were raised they kind of have these just like background scripts running that they've never audited that like contributes to their interactions with everyone around them. I think that that like simple statement that he says, consider your habitual thoughts. Like I don't think it's something you can do just once. It's like something to like routinely like come back to and dig into is what am I thinking about on the regular? Like if you're spending 20 hours a week on Instagram, you know, thinking about like what everyone else is doing with their life and weekends, like is are those 20 hours of thoughts in alignment with that, like ultimate goal. Like if the answer is no, is like, maybe you should, you know, like try and change those. I mean, I think that that's super hard to do, but like, that's also kind of like the
0: path forward. Well, but I think my personal favorites was 37 that said, uh, I was once a fortunate man, but at some point fortune abandoned me, but true good fortune is what you make. yourself good fortune is good character good intentions and good actions this one just like speaks pretty true to me it's like being a poker player like fortune uh or luck or whatever you want to say is like there's it's a game there's a game of chance no matter what and like you know I obviously have a lot of control of what I do or what I don't do in poker whether I bet not like in terms of like actually playing the game there's a level of control that I have but there's also a level of not control that I have that just is outside of my reach. And so it's kind of unfortunate when like you go through a span of like not winning often, even though you're putting yourself in good opportunities to win and like, it sucks for what it's worth. Cause you're like, Oh man, like I'm putting myself in very fortunate opportunities and it's very easy to kind of go down the rabbit hole and just be like, man, like I'm super unfortunate. I run so bad in life. When you start going down that road, then you're like, this isn't going well. So like, screw it. I'm going to get an extra large soda and just take the week off and watch a bunch of Netflix and just kind of like throw it all in the trash. Or like you take a bad beat and some people like get mad at their opponent or get mad at the dealer, which is even worse because the dealer's just doing their job. You know, they find all these other avenues to like take out their intentions and take out like, their emotions of being angry anyone who plays any game of chance or even just in general like probably just with life is there's like parts where you run good and there's parts where you run bad and it's not what necessarily in your control of what happens the only thing that you can be in control is exactly what he says is like character intentions and actions like you get to control all of those things they're not easy to control by any means especially when it feels like the world's pressed against you but if you're holding yourself to you know, good character, if you're having good intentions and you're making good actions, that's really all the good fortune you need because you're you're controlling the things that you can control. And you're, uh, again, putting yourself in the best opportunities, uh, but you're also putting yourself in a better headspace. And I think overall, it'll lead to a, uh, to a better, happier life for that reason.
1: I love how that statement opens up with, I was once a fortunate man, but I lost it. I know not how. There, there's an argument to be made that the real leaps and gains come from continuing to make good decisions that are in line through the bad runs of your life. And it's in those bad runs that like, it's the toughest to do that because like, not only are you frustrated from like, you know, losing the good run that you had before, like the tone shift between the two, but there's also like that, chance variance where you don't know how long the bad run is going to last or maybe you know like there's that fear that seeps in is like maybe this is it maybe the bad run is permanent you know maybe there's not going to be a good run here after this and in the face of all of that continuing to make those like good decisions and like like feeling good about it and like you know like, like making good actions and like having good thoughts about what's to come that to me is like the difference maker right there Do you have to lose the fortune first to be able to understand that? Or like, what are your thoughts,
0: man? Uh, I don't, I don't know if you have to, I think it can like help define it, but I don't, I don't know if you have to, I think uh, everyone just kind of gets on their own journey. I'll just relate to the personal experience. So, like, there's probably a handful of people out there who like could have been the best poker players of all time and just like ran pretty bad at the beginning. And were just like, all right, maybe this isn't for me. Like they didn't have the fortitude or, money or whatever to like keep going. And so they're just like, all right, I'm just kind of done with it, which is totally fine. You know, like I'm not saying that like as a bad thing, you know, and I also think there's the flip side of it where there's a handful of people who are possibly just like terrible at poker that just like ran super, super good early on. And then they just sort of committed to it because they're like, Oh, obviously I'm super good at this, which might not actually be the case, but they just kind of like got off to a hot start and just like never got off it. You know what I mean? Like, There's two sides of the same coin. You feel Um, like there's a
1: higher percentage of those people who like run well early on and then try and maintain
0: that struggle to appreciate what they have. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I I think it's very hard to appreciate it when it just feels like it's supernatural and it, super not supernatural super space natural because it's just like what you're used to this sort of funny story where this series uh for the world series of poker there's this kid he's like 22 he who's t- playing poker kind of seriously and he like was getting coaching from my other friend jason and the the kid's like 22 and just like recently started playing a lot more seriously and the kid's just having a sick summer. Like he got second in this huge tournament. And then two weeks later, he wins another huge tournament. And it's just like, oh, dude, like that's crazy. Like he had two six-figure scores in two weeks. I've personally never had a six-figure score. I've had a handful of five figures, but never a six-figure. It's like, man, this kid's running super good. And like, I imagine he's playing well too, you know? Like I don't, I don't want to knock his performance by any means because that's not fair of me to do. And so do I think that this running hot 22-year-old is like, fully appreciative of the situation? Probably not. You know, he probably thinks it's like reasonably natural because he's just like, oh yeah, like I took it seriously and I win because I'm better than everyone. Like, and I don't blame him for that. Like, I, I think that's super, that's a, like a very natural thought to have, especially like with early success, if you have like a bit of the downfall, like you can appreciate it a little bit more when you have the upswing or you have like the, really solid run, but I don't think it really like knocks it either from people having their own experiences. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think I have a thing that also sort of relates to this where I really haven't had a great summer. Like a lot of situations I've been getting into poker playing or just like unfortunate or like really tough spots that you're kind of forced to make a tough decision where either decision you make isn't that winning. You know what I mean? Like they're very close on Evie and stuff like that. Yeah, it just like hasn't worked out, and uh, it's super easy to to just like want to throw in the towel and just be like, "Oh man, like this is it? Like I'm terrible, I'm awful." Like there definitely, I'm not gonna lie. Like there's a like a week period where I definitely like felt like I had imposter syndrome, and you kind of have to like talk yourself on the ledge where you're just like, "Okay, I'm clearly here for a reason." It's easy to say that like, "Oh, it feels like I'm an imposter," but like that's clearly not the case. You kind of have to just like fall back to lot logistics. A week ago. My car was parked outside of our Airbnb and I woke up. I was maybe like 10 or something. I woke up and was about to go head to the casino to go play a tournament or whatnot. And my roommate was like, Hey, somebody tried to steal the catalytic converter from your car. Apparently, that's a thing. Like people saw off the catalytic converter under your cars and then sell them for like 2000 bucks or something like that. And apparently, somebody stopped them. So they like cut the tube, but they didn't completely cut it off. So they got like, scared away basically because someone knew what they were doing so we went looked at it and like one of the pipes I guess was cut but the thing was still there so it just had to get welded but it was very much just like man I got super lucky there they easily could have stolen this like one I'm lucky that somebody stopped them because like most people wouldn't they'd just be like okay maybe those people are working on a car or something like I don't know one, I'm have I'm super lucky someone stopped it. Two, I was very lucky that it was an easy fix. Like I just had to go to a mechanic and they just welded it. It's very just like mindset based. I could have looked at it and been like, oh man, how unlucky. Like I didn't get to play poker today because somebody was trying to steal something from my car. And oh my gosh, now I have to go do all this. But like the look the half glass full mentality where it's like, oh man, this could have been much worse. This is actually a pretty good scenario, all things considered. Like I guess it could have just not happened in general, which would have been fine, but like Given what did happen, it's like all right, cool. Like this is the next best case scenario given all that occurred. I think it does sort of help that like this has been an ongoing process of like if things are bad, it's like okay, things can be bad, but exactly what Aurelius was saying, it's like you can control only the things you can control. You can only control your character, intentions, and actions. So as long as like those things are positive and you're you're really putting in a good effort, what actually is happening is just like secondary. It kind of it definitely ties back into like becoming like yourself kind of what we started Mm. this podcast on like this is kind of what builds who you are as a person and it sets up the foundations for like the long term and I think this is especially true for the younger generation but definitely for the older but it also applies to the older generation as well where it's like you know if you set yourself up with really good mindset skills and thought processes and like how you handle emotions and how you interact with other people and all these things. And if you start yourself off like with a solid base early on, it's only going to compound into like social mastery in that source and emotional mastery going forward in life. Like You're only going to get better at it and better at it and better at it. And you might have a few setbacks and stuff or, spart- or like spots where you break a little bit, but then you just rebuild on that and then you grow even more so going forward you can't even really get mad at like if super bad things happen because like you're going to grow from it and learn from it. Like you can be upset at the situation, but like how you adapt to the situation or the, the given spot that you're in is really what's going to create you as a person even more. So Th- the quicker you learn that and the quicker you learn that, like how y- you can control yourself uh, is just like going to pay huge, huge dividends in the future.
1: Yeah, they like kind of bleeds over too into like growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Maybe we'll do that book here in the future. It's, it's a book called Mindset. I think we may have talked about it before. If you have like a performance or like fixed mindset, like everything's, um, you kind of view everything as like static and maybe for lack of a better word, like identity-based. From the standpoint of like, Oh, he is smart, so he can do these things. You see this a lot in like school and stuff, where it's like, oh, like that person is like a four row, like you know, they're or like this kind of major, like they they they're smart enough to do these things. And because I'm not that identity, or Mm -hmm. I don't consider myself that identity, I can't do those things. And it's like a very like prevalent and common like way of viewing the world that people have, where it's like a, a growth mindset is, you know, hey, if I can't do something, it's because I haven't put in the work so far to be able to be familiar or like, you know, have some level of competency or mastery over that subject. And if that's something that I want that mastery in, and it's a decision that I want to make with my time, then I'm going to have to follow a path to, you know, start developing those skills and, and, and put in the actual work that's required to master that subject. And, and that also takes like a the ability to like prioritize what it is you want in life. And that kind of comes back to like who you are, right? Like that's more of like the core of what we're getting at is, is being real with yourself and having that reflect in actual action. So maybe that means like having tough conversations, with like people around you or like going out and finding other people that are aligned with those goals. Those can be like really tough things. Cause I think at the core, we're all comfortable where we are and then breaking those comfort barriers. That's like the hardest thing you can do.
0: I I'm a pretty avid, uh, talk to myself sort of person. I think talking to yourself is such an important skill to have, like be willing to have the tough conversations with yourself or like the good conversations. Like if you're doing something super well, feel free to like have a combo with yourself. Like it could be out loud or in innards, like inward, I guess. I don't know Uh, where it's just like, you know, like good job. Like you did a really good job today. You handled this super well. And like, you know, I'm proud of you, like nice, nice job, self, good job, or like the vice versa, where if like something tough happens, just be like, man, like, you know, you didn't handle that the best. And that's okay. Like, we'll bounce back from that. But like, acknowledge the good things that you do and the bad things that you do, or and even anything else in between, like have those conversations with all these things that go on, and you kind of just get a better understanding of yourself as a human being. And then you can use that going forward to like better yourself in whatever regard, whether it like makes you feel better about the good things or the bad things you do, or, or it just like sort of sets you in line for what you'd like to do as well. Yeah. There's just, there's so many good ways to look at it. Agreed. Number 52.
1: I really like this one. It is in our power to have no opinion about a thing and not be disturbed in our soul for things themselves have no natural power to form our judgments. Meditations as a whole and Marcus Aurelius, it kind of feeds into this like philosophy called stoicism. And Mm -hmm. I've always kind of felt that like stoicism gets like a bad rap is like an unemotional, apathetic, it is what it is, no reaction to the Mm -hmm. world. And uh, like if you you call someone like stoic or he's stoic, it's like very unexpressive. And I always felt that that was like a a huge disservice to like what stoicism is. And I think that this quote definitely gets it like a large part of the heart of it is it's just, it is in our, is recognizing that like it's in our power to have no opinions about, about things if it's not really in alignment, you know, with who we want to be. I don't know if I got this from anywhere in the book, but it's, if you're struggling having clarity on like who you want to be something that I have found that for whatever reason works is things get more clear. If you're doing something that's difficult. So like pick something hard and do that. Right. Like if it's, and, and hard for you, right. Like it, I do like distance stuff like triathlon. So maybe if you're like out of shape five years, like don't sign up for an Ironman and like do that. what uh, so you want to do, I, I don't know. If you don't know what to do, like pick something difficult and start with that.
0: Plus, then you can get mastery of something difficult, which is uh, always uh, fulfilling. Well, as always, thank you for joining us on the uh, Charge 100 podcast. This is season two. If you have not checked out season one, I highly recommend it. The First five episodes were very good. The last five episodes were very good. Highly recommend checking out any and all of those. Thank you again for joining us for season two, where we're breaking down meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I'm Colton Blomberg. And this is my co-host Lloyd Evans. We will see you guys next week for the next episode.